Uh, open your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, while, while you're turning, first of all, where's my kids at in the, in the group this morning? Let me see y'all. Y'all wave at me. Okay, now listen, in just a second, I'm, I need your help. All right, so y'all just gonna come up with and help me, okay? But just a second, but hold on for a second there. I, 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 wanna, I just wanna share this. Um, I kind of lit my fire this week, if you will, and uh, maybe spread some of that to y'all. Um, but uh, I, I was asked just a few moments ago, this is, this is especially for those that are in the prayer room in the back this morning. They're praying for you, praying for the service today. Um, and, and I wanted to, I wanna share this for a second. I didn't have time to share it with them earlier. Uh, they, they said, what, what can we pray for today? And I said, well, here's a couple things. But then I just told them, I said, I want you to thank God for the things that he has been doing, okay? And, and here's the thing, just this week, I have just been one, it's like one person after the next coming to me, telling me how God has answered something specific in their lives. Some of it's great big old things. Like you're like, man, that is just stupid big. And then others as simple as just getting a prescription for, a, for, for some glasses that wasn't supposed to be able to come through for um, a, a family member in the hospital. And I mean, just, just everything, all big sizes and small sizes. And uh, I, I've just been hearing all this stuff and uh, it got me pretty excited because we have a lot to be thankful for. Here's what I wanted to share with y'all this morning though. Specifically, we, we had our first uh, Honduras missions team meeting for our uh, what did you call it? You had a big elaborate name, Bob. 2024 Winter Honduras Mission Team. I don't know, whatever. We're going in February to Honduras. We got a big old group going. And uh, just this last week, we had some, God just do some amazing things with that. We had, if my count is right, um, like seven different people that God has helped bring the money to in very miraculous ways for them to be able to go. And, uh, and, and a family of four was telling me this morning, they said, uh, hey, we're hoping to go, uh, just gotta get some things arranged. And I, I can't help but think maybe some of that is just financially get some things arranged and because uh, that's a lot of money to go. And uh, here's the thing, I just wanna encourage you with this. Uh, it, if God wants you to go, you, he'll, he'll figure out the, all the stuff, right? And, uh, and, and all I wanted to say was this, whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart this morning that, that you need from God and that you need him to do for you, let me tell you, he can and he will do it. He tells his people, he said, listen, you ask anything of your father in my name and I'm gonna do it for you. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. That's the kind of heavenly father that we have. And uh, I just got excited about this to hear about people who said, listen, God just opened up the door for me to go to Honduras and, and take care of that. That's a lot of money. It, it really does cost a lot of money. And, and then personally for me, uh, God just paved a way. Here's something really special for me. I, I went last June to Honduras uh, for the first time with Beulah. And uh, I get down there and I come home and I tell my wife, I said, first of all, you need to go. Now, I made the mistake of telling her that she needed to go after telling her how rugged it is down there. And she looked at me and she's like, are you, I don't think you told the story the right way. Um, you're not very convincing. And uh, then I told her, I said, and all of our kids eventually need to go. And she said, okay. And I was like, I don't know how we're gonna pay for that, but God will figure out a way. We're gonna make it happen. And after the, the service last Sunday, I'll embarrass her, but after the service last Sunday, my oldest came up to me in tears and she said, I think God wants me to go to Honduras in February. And I said, well, I'm not gonna stand in the way of what God's doing in your life. So let me tell you, if you don't believe it yet, God is up to some good stuff, all right? Somebody out here believes it with me, okay? One, one of y'all got it. 
all right? The rest of you, we're praying for you. We're gonna get you along, okay? We're gonna get you there. Just hang in there. But I'm telling you, God is up to some special, exciting, big things, all right? Because our God does not do anything halfway. And our God, as Terry said, he owns that cattle on a thousand hillsides. He owns every bank account. He's got it covered and he wants to do some exciting things in our lives. He wants to do some very special things through you. So you just strap yourselves in, put your seatbelt on, and get ready for the ride. Y'all with me? All right, all right, that's good. Now, I think, I was telling, I've told a couple people this recently. I, I think part of, part, part of um, what, what I, I'm trying to do with the church right now is this. Um, and, and hear me out, because I'm not trying to be shallow or, or push a shallow religion or, or, or anything like that. But I, I believe that God, when he saves us, he puts us into us a very special joy in our heart, okay? That's a very scriptural, very biblically based thing is that he puts a joy into our lives that we cannot have without him, okay? And that joy is supposed to be ever expanding and filling us up. You understand that? It's supposed to be ever expanding in us so that we overflow to those around us. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we got people that sit in church and it doesn't look like you got a whole lot of joy. Every once in a while, okay? I, I mean, I, I'm looking out here, but I don't see a lot of pearly whites that I'm looking at, okay? There's, there's not a lot of smiles going on. So every once in a while, we gotta just spread a little bit of extra joy. And now here's where I'm gonna go a little bit shallow with this. Um, and and y'all just bear with me. Um, some, I think we just need to put some of the fun back in church. Does that make sense? All right. Now, I'm not talking about just having a big bunch of bounce houses and, and just a big old party. What I'm talking about is that deep-rooted spiritual joy that we can have in Jesus Christ, okay? But sometimes... You gotta like coax it out of people. I think, uh, you know, need to get some fish hooks and put it in the corner of your mouth and just pull back on them to get the smile to come out of you again. All right, let me see your smiles, folks. Let me see it happen, okay? And in this, the message today is entitled One Body, Many Members. And I wanna demonstrate to you how everybody has a part in the body of Christ. Do you believe that you have a part in the body of Christ? Do you? Do you really believe that you have a part in the body of Christ? Yes. All right. Mercy's got it, okay? A few of y'all got it. The rest of you, we're still trying to figure it out, but you have a part in the body of Christ. It's important, it's valuable, it's necessary, and it's God-given. Your place in the body of Christ is God-assigned and God-given, okay? Everybody has a place, Everybody has a purpose. And I wanted to try to help coax that out of you just a little bit. I also wanna bring some of that first love back into the body of Christ and get y'all to smile a little bit more. Y'all just look weary some days, okay? I wanna see big, bright smiles. In fact, maybe what I need to do is get some of the lights and face them down at you to reflect off your teeth, to blind me up here with your happy smiles, okay? I, I just, I, I wanna be bubbling over with you with that joy in the Lord. So what I thought was, I want my kids to come on up and join me, all right? Now, I'm not just talking about my kids. I want all of our church kids, come on up. Come on up and see me, okay? Where are you at? Come join me, okay? Now, let's, let's do this. Let's not, let's not get around any of the equipment, 
Ah, here we go. High five. Good to see you. What's up? All right, all right. Good morning. Welcome. See, now, if you can't smile over this, there is something seriously wrong with you, right? Anybody? Can I hear some laughter? All right, come on up, Logan. See, now this will make you smile a little bit, and we can have some fun. So here's the thing. Kids, I'm gonna talk to y'all for a minute, okay? Because it's really hard to get them to smile, all right? And we're just gonna pretend like they're, they're, they're kind of in the background. You, you, you can't see them, you can't hear them, all right? But are y'all having a good day today? Yes. Are you sure? You are, I know you are. You are smiling so big. Your joy is contagious. It's awesome. Y'all having fun? Who went to Sunday school? Did you guys make it to Sunday school? Yeah, did you learn some good stuff? Yeah, all right, that's good, high five. We, I'm glad you're in here with us today because I need your help. I'm trying to teach all of them that together we're one big body of Christ. That means we're a big church, okay? And as the church, we got to work together. Do you know what it means to work together? Yeah, it means everybody has a job. So here's your job today. Your job is to make them smile. Can you do that? <laughs> See, they don't have a lot of confidence in y'all this morning, all right? See, now we're starting to hear some laughter. This is good. So when I was young, we would sing a song in, in Sunday school and in children's church called If You're Happy and You Know It. You guys know that one? Okay, can you help me with that? Because I think if we do it, we might get them to smile. Do you think so? You think we can make it happen? But now here's the thing. Y'all gotta sing it nice and loud. Can you do that? And, and then you know what your job is, right? We're gonna clap our hands, two claps. Let me hear it, ready? See, y'all clap on time, really good. All right, we're gonna count one, two, okay? And, and when we do it one, two, you're gonna do it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna clap two, one, two, and then you clap two, one, two behind it, okay? All right, so here's it goes. One, two. All right, let's practice again, because you're almost there, but uh, it's not great. We're gonna, by the end of this, we're gonna make it so you guys could join the band. Does that sound good? All right, so I'm gonna clap. One, two, one, two. Good, y'all give them a hand, they did good, right? Now the second thing is, then you gotta stomp your feet, right? Now this is where it gets really good because this stage, you hear that? That sounds good, don't it? That sounds really, I love it, go mercy. All right, that sounds really good because if you hit that really hard, it's gonna boom, boom out there, okay? Can y'all do that with me? So I'm, we'll do the same thing we do with clapping. I'll do two and then you do two, okay? Ready? One, two, one, two. Good job, y'all give my hand. All right, all right. And then the last one that we do is we shout. Can you guys shout? See, now they're being contagious to you, okay? Can you guys shout? Can you guys shout? Oh, that's good. All right, so the last one is you gotta shout amen, okay? So I'll do it, then you do it. Amen. 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 There we go. Y'all give them a hand, okay? <sighs> if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Whoa, pause. See, because I'm not getting all audience participation here. You guys all gotta do it with me. Can you do it with me? All right, here we go. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. 
Now, look out at them and do it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. And the last one, if you're happy and you know it, shout amen. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, shout amen. Good job, guys. Y'all give them a hand. Go on down to your seat. Go find your parents. Everybody has a place. Do you believe that? They gave you a little bit of joy this morning. Isn't that, I tell you what, that ought to carry you out into this week with a smile on your face, okay? You are loaded with the joy of Jesus Christ, and that means wherever you go, whenever you go, and with whomever you're going, you ought to be able to have joy bubbling over in your soul. And that's what we wanna spread. Because that joy of Jesus Christ comes from the salvation that is in his name and his name alone. And church, as a body, even the kids have a place. Everybody, every single one of us. The, the, the object of this series was to convince you that you are needed, you are wanted, and you are valuable in this body of Christ. And that if you learn to serve him out of that first love, that very original love that you have from your salvation in Christ, that man, we're gonna be much more effective. We're gonna be much more uh, 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 um, getting it done as a church if every one of us is convinced that God has a place for us here. This is why we've got the spiritual gifts class happening um, September 6th at six o'clock. This is why we brought our, our leadership team up here on stage last week to show you who to go to, okay? We had several, I had several come to me. I know I talked to a couple of the guys last week and they um, said they had a, a few go to them, but we want everybody come to one of us on the leadership team. You say, if you don't know anybody in the leadership team, go to Miss Donna at First Impressions and just say, hey, I need to find my spiritual gifting. Give me one of the leadership team to call me. And we, we want to just help you walk through this. And here's what this does for us. We're, we're trying to lead all of this, this body of Christ here. And if every one of you will come to us and say, help me find my spiritual gift, or if you already know it, but you just come to us, we're taking an inventory, we're gathering what everybody, uh, how everybody, God has gifted everybody so that we can start putting you to work, okay? You say, oh, preacher, that, that just didn't sound good. I don't know about that. <laughs> but remember, you have a place in the body of Christ, a job to do for him. And I can tell you this, if you are serving out of first love, and you are doing what God has gifted you to do, it don't even seem like work. It's joy to be able to serve the Lord. And we wanna convince every one of you because we wanna get this, uh, get everybody clicking on all cylinders and motivated and moving for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that God has a big plan for this church and that this is only just the start of the next big move he's gonna make in our church. And when it happens, let me tell you, it's going to be good.
We're gonna shine a light from right here on this Beulah Mountain all into the surrounding countryside to show people the way back to God through Jesus Christ. One body, many members, everybody has a place. First Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 14 says this, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them. And I want you to remember that. Underline in your Bible or highlight that there. God has placed the members. If you're here, you're here because of the providence of God. If you're a part of this church, you're a part of this church because God has placed you. And if God has placed you, he has gifted you. And if he has gifted you, you have an assignment, a purpose, a value in this body. Don't, everybody, don't, don't you let anybody ever tell you that you are worthless. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you don't have a place here and that you're not needed. You are needed and you are valued because God put you here and because God values you and because God saved you and because God gifted you. You are here for a reason. Verse 18, but now God has placed many members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow much more honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that, with that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. We talked about the gifts last week. Gave you a sheet to define them as best as we know how. There's uh, in the atrium, if you need one of those, um, you can pick up one of those sheets. It demonstrates how we each have a different gifting. And as a different gifting, we then each have a different uh, ministry or different assignment within the church on how we are to use that gifting. The concept today that we, that we look at is how we use that all together as one for the greater good of the church. 
Because if we work together, we can accomplish more as a church. And if we work within our gifting, we can accomplish more as members of the body. But it takes all of us working together. If even just a small portion of the church says, well, I'm not gonna exercise my gifting and I'm not gonna serve and I'm just, I'm just here to come and sit and, and uh, smile and watch and that's it. And if even just a small portion does that, then we are less than what God desires us to be. It takes every single one. Could you imagine an army going out to fight in the battle and the, the uh, infantry are all ready and the, the tanks are all, all set and the artillery and the, the aircraft and, and everybody's ready to go and all, all, the, all the guys that load the ammunition in the tank kind of decide, well, we think we wanna take a break. Well, that tank wouldn't do very good and they wouldn't provide very good support for the infantry, very good cover for them. It'd be a mess if all the pilots one day decided, ah, we're just gonna go on holiday and take a vacation. And then the infantry's out in the field and they get attacked and they need air support. Well, sorry guys, we can't give you air support. The pilots all decided to take the day off. If that would have happened, imagine what chaos would be. That poor army would be in trouble. They'd get probably overrun and defeated if just one unit, one corps decided, nah, we're, we're just, we, we need a break. We're gonna take the day off. Listen, in church, it's the same way. If just a few people say, I'm not gonna use my gifting, or if they say, I'd rather, instead of being an eye, I'd rather be an ear, instead of being an ear, I'd rather be a hand, instead of being a hand, I'd rather be a foot. If they all decided to be something different, imagine the chaos that would follow. Now listen, I'm, if, if you are tired and you are weary and you are hurt and you need to take a break, I understand that. We're not shaming. In fact, we ought not to shame people for needing to take a break. Sometimes you get on the front lines and then the general says, hey, we need to pull you back and we need to send you to the hospital or you send you uh, on, a, on a legitimate holiday, a, trip, a, a retreat or, or, or just, just a moment on the, the, away from the front lines. That makes sense. But don't stay in the back too long. You get back out there and you serve the Lord with all the joy and gladness you have in your heart. You rediscover your first love and you pour it out for him because that's what God wants for you. Here's the thing, the central concept of this passage today is this, God designed the church to be one body with many members, one body with many members who care for one another and labor together in unity. That's the concept of the church. It's, it's many people of many different backgrounds and many different, different cultures and ages and, and, and languages. We talked earlier about Iglesia up the hill, a different language, but still part of one body. And, and, and we take all of these different components and we put them together. And that's the beauty in the body of Christ is that we don't all look alike. We don't all do exactly the same thing. We don't all have the same gifting. We don't all have the same ministry. We're, we are a variety of gifts a variety of members, but we work together with a singular purpose and mindset. And that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ who himself is the head of the body. And so under God's design, the church is one body with many members who care for one another and labor together in unity. Along those thoughts, I have two points this morning. The first one is this, your placement 
in the body is according to God's desire. Your placement, think about that. Your placement in the body is according to God's desire. You know, oftentimes what happens is somebody comes up and they say, well, preacher, what can I do in the church? Well, I mean, that's a good question because part of my role is to help people understand their gifting and to equip them for the ministry. But at the very core of that is me just helping them figure that out. It's not about me telling you what you ought to do or can do or cannot do. It's about me just helping you find out what God has equipped you to do, what God has gifted you to do. You see, our role is just facilitators, helping to understand how God has placed you within the body of Christ and what ministry and what assignment he has given you. But remember, it's first of all God's decision. It's God's desire. And that's how he placed us in the body of Christ. If you get out of place, if you get out of whack, that becomes a problem. You see, he describes in here the different parts to a physical human body. He starts talking about the eyes and the ears and the mouth and the the feet and the hands. And we could kind of glide through all of that. We could make comparisons to how different gifts relate to different um, parts of the body. Gift of service and helps would equip uh, to the, equivalent to the hand. Gift of wisdom. We might uh, relate that to the heart or even to the, the mind, so to speak. Gift of knowledge to the brain. Gift of, of exhortation, the gift of prophecy. Those kind of gifts would be equivalent to the mouth. There's all kinds of different gifts. Gift of mercy might be, um, you might say that's the heart or you might say that's the ears. We have different giftings relating to different body parts. But remember, you cannot change on your own what part of the body you have, where your placement is. That's according to God's desire. It's according to God's design that he would do that. And God sees into us the core of who we are. And it's because of that that he places us where we ought to be. He says in verse number 18, now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desires. It's his work, it's his action that has accomplished that. And he does that for each singular one of us. Very unique, very special, very personal. But it always relates back to his desire. You back up to the passage we read last week in verse 11, it says this, but one and the same spirit, this is the spirit of God, one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. It's according to his will, it's according to his desire to place us where we ought to be. And when he does that and we recognize that and we follow according to what his desire and his will is, things begin to go a lot better for us, don't they? You think about in your life. When we listen to God, don't things in our lives tend to go pretty smoothly? But when we reject his will, when we reject his guidance, oh, It's like trying to swim upstream. It's not easy, is it? When you try to buck against God and you try to to fight against what he has in your life, oh, that's not easy at all, is it? But when you finally give in, all right, God, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I've heard probably a thousand times, if I've heard it once, my dad share his testimony about how he was called into ministry. He'd finished high school, and then he'd gone off to college um, there, up there in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, he was going to college. He was gonna be a business major. 
And ultimately his goal was to follow in his stepfather's footsteps and work at uh, his stepfather's family business, the insurance company he had. And he was gonna work there and make a good career out of it. Um, God started working in his heart that first year of college, calling him into ministry. He resisted, oh, he resisted and resisted. He had all the reasons why God wouldn't call him into ministry. But that didn't matter anything against the one fact that God did call him into ministry. And when he finally gave in and said, okay, God, I'll do it, whatever. Well, I tell you what, not to say that all the things in the world become smooth, the storm on the outside doesn't change, but I'm telling you, the storm on the inside, God brings peace to that storm. God has a plan for you. No matter where you are in life, no matter what stage of life you're in, God has a plan for you, a purpose for you. We want to help you find your place in the body of Christ. But first, understand that God has put us there. You know, when we look at this, we see um, some implications of God's placement for us. That first implication is simply this. It means that you are placed in this local church by God with specific purpose. You see, it's not just the matter of the fact that you are a Christian, you are a believer in the church, but it also implies the fact that where specifically in the global church you are is on purpose. Now, it's possible that God would move you to another local church, and he does that from time to time. It's possible that God might make, take you from this church, and, and he might call you to go around the world and be a missionary in his, his church on the other side of the world. But just understand, wherever God has you, it's by purpose and it's by design. And then notice that the second implication with that is that we have something specific to add to this church to benefit the body of Christ. So implied in the fact that God has placed you here by his desire, according to his will, is the fact that one, you are here in this specific church on purpose, and two, you have a role in this specific church on purpose. Can you agree with that church? Can I get a good amen? Somebody that understands it, shout it out. It's okay. But with that, thank you, Mercy. But with that, now I want to help describe to you how you might place in the body. Because I, th I said last week, I think we got it backwards a lot of times when we said, well, which ministry do you want to serve in? When he says in, in the first part of 1 Corinthians 12, there are various kinds of ministries, okay? It's, it's, it's synonymous in this passage with your gifting. Your gifting correlates to your ministry. We have taken the word ministries and we've kind of changed it a little bit in that we've compartmentalized the church into different ministries. We have the Sunday school ministry. We have the, um, we, we have the music ministry. We have the media ministry. We have the Spanish ministry. We have uh, the, the, the youth ministry and the children's ministry, the preschool ministry. Somebody pray for those poor preschool ministry up the hill taking care of the babies this morning. They got the prayer ministry in the back. We have outreach ministry. We have a team that goes to the local school. We just trained them last week um, to, to go in for the second year in a row and run a kid's beach club. That's a code for, we're gonna teach these kids the gospel of Jesus Christ at the school in their own, in their own zone. 
We got missions teams that go around the world uh, next February, sending a team to Honduras to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a broken and lonely mountain in the heart of Honduras. We got all these different ministries, but when he talks about this in this particular context in this passage, your various kinds of ministries correlate to your specific gifting. We wanna help you understand and identify your gifting. And in that, I want you to dream with me for a minute. I want you to imagine for just a moment what it would be like if every one of those ministries that we typically recruit people to, we turned it around and we started talking about gifting and then we applied those to the ministries. So I want you to dream with me what it would look like if every ministry in this church was filled not with people who were just passionate about that ministry, but who were gifted and placed according to their giftedness. You say, all right, preacher, you're kind of talking in circles. Explain this to me. Let's imagine a youth ministry that instead of just having people who are passionate about youth ministry, and let me tell you, the people we have working in our youth ministry, they are passionate about young people. But we wanna organize them according to their giftedness. Oftentimes in youth ministry, we think about this. Do you like youth? Are you excited about being here? Can you bring some energy? And then we just start thinking, okay, well, we're gonna have you teach this and you teach this and you organize this activity. And we don't really think through the giftedness. So imagine in our youth ministry for just a moment, if our volunteers were intentionally placed according to this, we had teachers to teach the truth of the word to our youth. We've got that. We've got a leader to set the vision and the goals of the ministry and motivate the ministry to achieve and accomplish those goals. We have an administrator within the youth ministry that would help organize the ministry to accomplish those goals. We have an exhorter or exhorters within the ministry that would help encourage and excite the youth to go out and do their ministry and use their giftedness. We have a helper or helpers to recognize the practical and simple needs of the ministry and assist with them. Listen, you're not going very far in youth ministry if you ain't got some people to help. Many hands make light work. We have givers specifically attached to the youth ministry that would help fund the ministry needs so that those youth could go out and do their ministry and accomplish it. The odd thing about youth ministry is this, it's an upside down ministry financially. It's an investment into the future because young people don't make a lot of money. So that I either, their tithe checks are not very high, but it's an investment into the kingdom, which is what makes it valuable. Imagine if we did the same with our worship ministry. Our worship ministry had a leader to lead, an administrator to organize, a helper to help, a teacher to teach worship and music, one with knowledge to share the depth of the biblical knowledge of worship both with the team and with the congregation. Imagine if we could establish a fellowship ministry that could help plan fellowship for the church or funeral meals for grieving families. This ministry would need a leader, helpers, administrator, one with mercy, those with hospitality. Imagine if every ministry became like a miniaturized version of the body of Christ to serve and accomplish great things. This is what we want to do. Do you see the picture with me, church? Can you imagine what it'd be like if everybody was within their giftedness? But you have to be within your giftedness first. Because if you're just in a ministry you're passionate about, if you are passionate about music and jump into the music ministry, 
but you don't do it under the application of your giftedness. If you're passionate about youth ministry, but you don't do it within your giftedness, here's what happens. And there's not very many exceptions to this. You're going to get burned out. And then you end up sitting on the sidelines with a spiritual injury. Sometimes that happens. We'll help fix you up. We'll help patch you up. We'll help bring you back into the game. But more often than not, when that happens is you get burned out and you go somewhere else or you don't go to church at all. We wanna put you in with your giftedness. Remember last week, I said it this way. We asked the questions. The, the first is, what is your gift? When I sat down and I shared this with the leadership team a few weeks ago, I told them, I said, if I hear you say first, what ministry do you wanna serve in? I'm gonna pop you upside the head. <laughs> the first question you ask is, what is your gift? We want to ask that question first. What is your gift? And then we ask, what is your passion? What are you passionate about? Your giftedness might be teaching or administration or helps or hospitality or mercy. All of those things that we read in those lists that Paul provided. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or in Romans chapter 12 or, or in Ephesians chapter 4 or in 1 Peter, he mentions a few of them. All of those things, those might be your giftedness. But first, first, you find your giftedness and then we talk about passion. Passion is what, what really drives you when it comes to church ministry. What really excites you? If you get pumped up about seeing youth on fire for God, we want you in the youth ministry, but we wanna place you first with your giftedness and then into the youth ministry. As you find your passion, maybe you're passionate about technology. We could definitely use some people in the media department, running some more cameras. You say, that makes me a little nervous. Hey, that's all right, it'd make me nervous too, I don't know. If you're passionate about it, if you're passionate about seeing uh, people welcomed into the church and, and engaging new people in the congregation, we want you on the first impressions team. But we wanna find out what first your giftedness is so we can figure out where on that team we can place you. If you're passionate about a hospitality or a fellowship ministry, man, I wanna see that up and going. I really do. We wanna place you well wherever your passion is, whatever drives you, whatever, when you do it, you're like, man, this is, this is my zone, this is my spot, and I am just bubbling over with joy. By the way, if it's possible that your giftedness changes over your spiritual journey, it's definitely possible your passion changes. It's possible that you were serving in a particular ministry using your giftedness, but over time, maybe your passion changed. We see this, a great example is we see this all the time is a lot of parents, as their children grow, their ministry passion changes to match where their, their stage in life is. So you might be really passionate about preschool when your kids are in preschool. Or it might be the opposite, I don't know. You might be not at all passionate about preschool when your kids are in preschool. And then your kids move into the children's ministry. You get passionate about children's ministry and then they move into the youth department. And you're like, all of a sudden, you're like, ah, youth group sounds really cool. I need to get involved in that. It's possible that as your life stage changes, your passion changes. But it's first giftedness. It's always first giftedness. And then we move to that second question, passion. 
And then we move to that third question. This is more of just an inventory, just to, just to figure out what it is we can do. You might have a hidden talent. We need to know what your talents are. Now, here's the thing. I hate to disappoint you. You might be super, super, super passionate about the worship ministry, but if you, and, and you, you might say, I am like, I'm distinctly passionate about playing bass guitar. Like that's your passion in life. But if you're like me, you're not gonna get on stage and play the bass guitar because you don't have a talent for it, right? The difference though between a gift and a talent is this. A gift comes from the Holy Spirit and it's a spiritual gifting. A talent is a natural thing. You might be able to develop a talent over time. You might be able to practice hard and get a talent over time, but it's still a natural thing. A gift is a spiritual, a biblical thing. We wanna make sure we draw the distinction there. And then we wanna make sure we help to place you according to that because we want you to thrive in the body of Christ. This is why we're here to help you. So we had a few people sign up last week to talk with the leadership team. I've talked with several of you directly um, and, uh, and, and challenged you. Here's what we're gonna challenge you. Do you know your gifting? Very simple. That's the first question we'll ask. And if you say yes, that's great. We're gonna ask you about your gifting and how you think you might be able to use your gifting. But if you say no, that's okay. Don't be afraid. Because we've, we're, we're going to, I, I believe, talk you through this the best possible way. And here it is. We're gonna ask you to go read some passages of scripture. And we're gonna ask you when you read them to ask a very specific, very simple prayer. And that is simply this. God, reveal to me through your spirit, what is my gifting? It's very simple. And I'm telling you this, nine times out of 10, it's an amazing thing. God answers. It really is. It's truly incredible how this works. Nine times out of 10, God answers. And by the time you finish reading these passages once, twice, three times, it's like God has spoken to you just as he's promised. Then you come back and you have a conversation. with This is my gifting. And then we start talking about where your passion is and where your talents might lie. You might have a, an odd talent that nobody ever thought about, like playing pickleball. And so God wants you to have, start an outreach ministry for people who like pickleball. And you do that. And then you develop tennis elbow and then it's all downhill from there. We wanna help place you to the right spot it may be that we need to start some new ministry because we find out your gift, passion, and talent has opened up a new opportunity for ministry. We're not gonna leave you alone. We wanna help resource and guide you along the way to do this. And then notice secondly this morning, your membership in the body is needed and valued. The first half of this passage, he begins talking about the um, the different members of the body and how, how if God has placed you, you need to be content and satisfied with where that is and you need to function within that. But then the second, he begins to talk about these same members of the body and as he describes them, as he explains these different parts of the body, he starts talking about how one should not be elevated among, uh, over another. He starts talking about the, the um, um, unseemly and the seemly uh, the less beautiful or less desirable and the more desirable, okay? And, and we start talking about those things within the body. But then he says this, he says, those that are supposedly, and these are more in our eyes than anything else, supposedly the more desirable should be the ones that elevate and raise up the ones that are the less desirable because none is really truly more or less important than another. 
Let me put this in real terms. If there's a pastor that's out there promoting himself and projecting himself onto the, everybody else and it's all about, hey, you're gonna take me and you're gonna elevate me up and lift me up because I'm the more desirable part of the body. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the face, I'm what everybody sees. Then you need to kick that pastor out to the curb. Because our role is this, I wanna help everybody in the church be elevated and lifted up as all a part of the body of Christ. Because if we elevate every member up and we, we, uh, we, we rejoice in every member and we weep over every catastrophe and we, we celebrate every member's service for the Lord Jesus Christ, then it elevates the entire body of Christ, which lifts up the name of Jesus Christ, which glorifies Jesus Christ himself. That's what we wanna do. We wanna lift up everybody as part of the body of Christ. Nobody is more needed or valued or important than anybody else. And conversely, nobody is less needed, less valued or less important. You are all here for a purpose. You all have a place here and a value here and we need your help. Do you believe that this morning? We need your help. We want your help. We desire for you to be involved. Whether you're the youngest in the body of Christ or the eldest, we want everybody to find their place. None of us can thrive without the body of Christ. You start taking off members of the body and it's no good. A diabetic, when they start talking about amputating toes or feet or legs, it's a scary thing. Because we know that that's a, a, a tragic road for a person to go down, to be in losing those parts. And it's normally something that just continues to progress even worse and worse and worse and worse. We need everybody here to attain the vision that God has given us. I was uh, here for, we, we've just enjoyed, all summer long, we've opened up the worship center for prayer at 12 o'clock on Wednesdays. And in fact, this Wednesday will be the last one um, coming up and then we're gonna shift. Um, but as, as we've been doing that um, to those Wednesdays, uh, I've just enjoyed being able to talk to people. The first few weeks when you would come in, I would ask you what I could pray over you for. And as a pastor, it's such a joy to be able to pray over uh, somebody specifically. And then we began to ask what God maybe has done in your life and, and um, hear some things. It was just some incredible stories come out of that. And uh, one sweet lady this morning or this last Wednesday, she shared with me, she, said, she came in and she said, Pastor, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to get this as close as she said it. I, I should have wrote it down, but she said this. She said, I am praying that we can accomplish all the great visions and things that God has placed in your head and in your heart. I thought, wow, that's awesome. I would love to see that we could actually accomplish all the great things that God has put on my heart for this church to accomplish. People ask me, they say, Pastor, what's your vision for the church? And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to feign a, a humility or anything with this, but I just tell them, I'm like, listen, I hope that I never develop a vision for this church, but that it's always the vision God gives us for this church. Let me tell you, God has put on my heart some incredible things that I would like to see accomplished. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I, I wanna accomplish some Wednesday night ministry here in our church. 
for all ages and life stages of our church. I want to accomplish uh, and see Wednesday night ministry started here every single week. We're doing these Wednesday classes. David, you mentioned them earlier. We've got people already starting to sign up for that. And, and one of the first things that we were asked last week when we announced those was this, do you have childcare? And the answer is not yet. We want to have childcare for that. We wanna be able to have children's ministry and youth ministry and, and adult ministry and, and whatever it takes going on here on Wednesday nights. I would love to see this developed out into something so big that God is glorified and we can reach people. Let me tell you, just sharing from personal experience, the last two churches that I were in, it was not unusual to see more happening on Wednesday nights than on Sunday. Wouldn't that be amazing, church? Wouldn't you love to see that? Wouldn't you love to see, last, when I was over in Lawrenceville, we started some Wednesday night ministry over there and we developed it from just an adult gathering to um, the, the full thing, youth and children's ministries added to it. And let me tell you, it was not unusual most of the time while I was over there, it was not unusual to average more people on our property on Wednesdays than we had on Sundays. It was incredible to watch. And God moved in some miraculous ways. Can we do that here? Because I put it on my heart that we could do more ministry on Wednesdays and we could see some incredible things happen. You say, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get this happening. Here's what I need from you. We announced that we're gonna have this um, conference on September 6th. That's a Wednesday night. The, the conference is to accomplish some of the business that we have as a church. As soon as that conference is over, I'm gonna start asking for people, are you coming on Wednesday night? We're gonna start laying down some plans to make this happen because I need to know who's in for Wednesdays and who's not. I need to know who wants to bring their children here and who wants to help start some children's ministry. I need to know who wants to help start some adult ministry and get some things going. I would love to see not just two spiritual gifts classes happening for six weeks at a time for, for adults, but I'd love to see a wider variety of things. I've mentioned we need some, uh, some more people in the media ministry to run cameras and run lighting and run all those things. We've got to train them. So we're, I'd love to see some training opportunities for that. I'd love to see, I, I've been a little scared to mention this, but I would love to see on our fifth Sundays that we don't just have a multilingual worship ministry up here on stage, but that we have more people come up and form kind of a, I don't know, some type of a backup modern praise choir that would come up here of all generations. I'd love to be able to open it from children to senior adults and everything in between, from English to Spanish, just to get up here and sing their hearts out on fifth Sundays for Family Sunday. I think it'd be amazing. Wednesday's the time to do it. Wednesday is the time to meet and to practice and get it going. I would love to see these things happen, but I need to know who's in. What else do we want to accomplish? This, I, I, would, I would just absolutely love to see our out-of-town missions like Honduras turn into an entire church thing. We take some out-of-town trips here every year as a church. We send children to camp. We send youth to camp. We send teams to Honduras. We've sent teams in the past to other countries and other areas. We're trying to get some of those established again. And I would love that it's not just about those going away. I was telling Bob earlier this last week, I said, wouldn't it be great if we could have the away team that went on the trip and the home team that supported them from home? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it, church? Can you dream with me for a minute what that would be like? If you, you say, I, I've heard over and over again, so many people are like, I would love to go to Honduras. I, I just can't anymore. I'm, I, I've, I've passed the, the, the youth of my life and I, I just can't go. It's, it is physically draining to go. Why don't you join the home team or, and be a part of that? 
Why don't you join the home team that helps support and sponsor the away team to go away? You say, preacher, I I don't have that much money to be able to sponsor somebody to go. Listen, there's a lot more to sponsoring somebody to go than just writing a check. We want sponsors that will get in the trenches with them and pray with them and come to the monthly meetings with them and help identify what the needs are and, and support them all the way through the process. Wouldn't that be awesome, church? Come on now. If we could all get together, not just on missions trips, but on our youth trips that go uh, uh, to camps. I mean, this would be amazing if we could light this up. You say, what else? I've been having a desire to have an evangelism team at the church. It's gonna take some people that have the gift of evangelism, but it's also gonna take some people that have other gifts. Gifts of hospitality, gifts of service, gifts of administration, gift of leadership, to put together an evangelism team that would help raise the bar for evangelism in our church and in our community so that we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This would be awesome, church. I want to see more community groups established. We started one in our, well, we started one in our house last week. Uh, we met in Atrium last week. We'll meet in our house this, uh, tonight. And we've got, uh, we've got some other community groups that, uh, that meet off campus. We've got a host of them that meet on campus. I'd love to see more community groups established because listen, I'm gonna step on some toes here. I do the math. I add up the attendance for each week's community groups and I see the attendance for Sunday morning service and it ain't the same and it ain't even close. Some of y'all need to get into a community group. Some of y'all need to step forward. Some of you that have the gift of leadership and or the gift of teaching need to step forward and say, I'll lead a community group. You can host it here on campus. You can host it in your home. You can host it at the ballpark. I don't care. But some of y'all need to step forward and start a community group. And some of y'all need to step forward and sign up for a community group. I would love to see that we have community groups on every day of the week in all areas of our community, all over the place, because there are people all over the place that need Jesus Christ. Let me put this one out here. I've hesitated to even say this one because I don't wanna get locked in or concrete on what we're gonna do when we pay off this debt, but it would at least be nice to begin to dream of the fact that, or of the, of the, of the thought of being able to hire a full-time worship leader and a full-time youth pastor to help lead those ministries so that we can have the absolute best for our church here, for our young people with youth ministry. I would love to be able to hire that, but we, the reality is it takes money to fund some of that. We gotta pay off the debt to make it happen. These are some of the dreams that I have for this church. Can you begin to see what it would be like? Does anybody get excited with me when we hear about this stuff? Does anybody get a little bit on fire for that? Because that, I mean, this is the stuff here. This is what we want to do. We want to go out into this world and we want to light up this community for Jesus Christ. This is what it's going to take. And I believe that we can do every bit of this and so much more. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundant beyond all that we could ask or even imagine to him be all the glory. And I believe we can do it because God is able to do exceedingly abundant beyond all that we could imagine or think. But it takes every single one of us. All of us. Paul said it this way. We are one body with many members. And I'll close with this thought. I will still show you a more excellent way because it's supposed to flow from our love. 
And that's where we get into 1 Corinthians 13 next week, where he talks about serving and laboring in love. The body is meant to work as many many members working for one goal. So here's what I need you to do. Very simple, and we'll close with this. I need every one of you to communicate with at least one person on the leadership team to discover your gift, passion, talent. Say it with me, church. Gift, passion, talent. Every one of you. If you already know it, that's fine. You still need to communicate it with us on the leadership team. I need people to come to the conference on September 6th, seven o'clock, so that we can begin to lay the foundation for this this, uh, Wednesday night ministry. I wanna have the full thing up and going by the first Wednesday of October at the absolute latest. What's happened? But we, we, can, we can do this. If nothing else, we ought to be doing this for our youth and our children. See it all up and going. But then most of all is this. You gotta get off the fence. You gotta get connected. You gotta get off the fence and get moving and get going. No more hanging around on the out, outside. It's time to get involved. It's time now. Today is the day to make a difference. And we do all this for one reason, to glorify God in heaven. And I believe that one of the greatest, most lasting ways to do that is by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ far and wide. The reason why we use our gifting together is for that common good. As I quoted last week, Matthew Henry tied it back to that the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this world. It's salvation. To try to reach people for Christ and do that together. Somebody in here today, you're not even a part of the body of Christ yet. Would you join it today? You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and so you're on the outside looking in. Would you do that today? The invitation hits. If you're able, would you stand with me? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's time to get off the fence, church. Let's get to work. We've been trying to rediscover our first love, and so therefore we pray, God, help us to find our first love. Already, Lord, since we've been praying this for the last three months, already I've heard so many, and I've seen so many transformed. God, their joy, their love, their passion for you is, is just so contagious. It's like a little mercy up here on the stage earlier, God. To see her joy and her passion, it's heartwarming. God, help us to get off the fence and help us to do for you what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that you would change this church and that by doing so, you change our community. Lord, we don't wanna reach just a little bit of it, some of it, but all of it. Lord, help us one soul at a time to reach our community for Jesus Christ that we could turn this world upside down. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's sing together. The altar's open. God's spoken to your heart. You listen. Don't hesitate even a moment.